Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. It's Ali Corman, Ed Carson here with a breakdown of the action in today's session, Friday, September 22nd, where we saw Friday's bounce fizzle to cap what was a pretty grim weekend. Yeah, not a good time uh, for the bulls, that's for sure. Want to take a look at a few stocks, Tesla, Meta Platforms, and Vertex Pharmaceuticals. All right, we'll get to analysis of those three stocks, but first, let's analyze the major indexes. The NASDAQ today reversing lower, closing down about one-tenth of a percent, but uh, there was more damage elsewhere. The S&P 500 down almost a quarter of a percent today by sessions close. Same for the Russell 2000 and the Dow down three-tenths of a percent today. So we said today could be day one of a rally attempt, but that would mean we would have had to gain today and uh, hopes were dashed. Yeah, I mean, we had a decent bounce uh, in the morning. It uh, wasn't great. Even that wouldn't have been that meaningful just because, you know, one one day in a bad market is not that meaningful. Still, it would have been nice to at least, it's discouraging that the bulls couldn't put up any fight. You know, you could argue that we were due for a bounce and we couldn't really hold it after a couple of hours. Uh, so not, not great. Uh, the major indexes had big losses during the week. Leading stocks really fell off. We saw more and more crumble. They, you know, some fell on Tuesday, more on Wednesday and Thursday, and even some more today. Uh, the Nasdaq is at a three-month low. It didn't undercut the August lows, but pretty much there. Um, and the S&P and Dow did undercut their August lows. Uh, this was also all sort of foreshadowed with Wednesday's move when we uh, broke below the follow-through day lows on for the S&P. And the NASDAQ, it's a good sign that we're going to ultimately fail. And yeah, we basically have. Didn't take long for that to happen. Uh, so just it was it was a very discouraging week. We've been under pressure for a while. Uh, the good news is that now there's you. it's not as easy, not won't be as easy to tempt people in. It's pretty obvious. It's like, let's wait for things to get better. Well said there, Ed. Now let's take a look at... Zero RUS. This is the Russell 2000. And if you think the NASDAQ and S&P had a bad week, the Russell 2000 really broke below some levels here and is looking quite weak. Yeah, this mark is the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we skipped the good. You know, we looked yeah. at the bad with the market indexes, and this is the ugly. The breadth is terrible, and it's been bad for a while. Uh, yeah, it's getting to like trend lines there. It's the lowest since early June. Uh, you know, breaking decisively below the 200-day line. This was uh, just showing a lot of weakness, didn't bounce back, the, you know, just, just the whole way. It's just looking really bad. And other, other ways of looking at breadth are, are pretty poor too. Mm -hmm. So let's go there. We like looking at RSP, which is an ETF that is tracking the equal weighted S&P 500 index. And earlier in the week, we saw a close below not only the 200-day line, but the lows from mid-August and a bad break to finish out the week. Yeah. So it's just that, you know, Beyond a few of the, the bigger names that have held up a little better than some of the others, just been a lot of weakness uh, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, now RSP at its lowest levels since early June. Moving on, let's take a look at the 10-year yield. I think this may have had something to do with the uh, weakness in equities this week. 
Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because the, the market sort of broke on the Fed move. But that day, the Treasury yield didn't move that much. It was already at 15, you know, it was already a 15-year high. So let's not, let's be clear, it's already high. It was in the next day that it really gapped up. And that's one reason why, if there's any doubt about the market, it really just cascaded in there. Uh, just, you know, again, I, a lot of it is that the odd thing is that I feel like the market was felt like the, the the market felt that the Fed was going to engineer a soft landing, but the Fed wouldn't realize that. But the Fed has realized that. And so the rates are going to be higher than they might have been otherwise. Uh, so that's just happening here. It's not that. And so the, the hawkish Fed outlook really hit the market. And again, Friday's retreat in yields didn't you know, you might have thought, well, maybe that might give a little relief to stocks. And we got that bounce in the morning, but we couldn't couldn't rally, um, you know, with that bounce. Uh, obviously, have gone up a lot in yields in the past few days, few weeks, few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, are we at a 15 year high now, Ed? Yeah, 15, you know, 15 plus, And it won't take much. Yeah, that's and the real rates because inflation is coming down. It's like what's really happening is like since inflation has been falling quite a bit in the last few months, that means the real interest rate is picking up. And that really is where it starts to bite. Uh, it, it becomes pretty expensive to borrow money uh, in that environment. So that should be something that's going to really slow the economy going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely spooking the market. Yeah. And of course, with Yields up. We're also seeing the dollar continue its tear here, Ed. Yeah, and that may be one reason why the market didn't bounce much, because even today it run up. And this is really going to weigh in all those companies, all those overseas operations and exports. They're going to bring that back into dollars. And the dollar been really weak. That was something that to start the year, the dollar came way off its highs from late 2022 and then held there. But now it's rebounding, and that's another thing that's just weighing on. Again, it's closely tied to these, to the uh, to the yields going up. But that big, relentless rise is really going to weigh on profits, uh, you know, in the next few quarters. No doubt. Next on our list to take a look at is some of the sector action, and I'm going to stick with weekly charts here. Here's a look at SMH, which tracks the chips down 3.3 percent this week undercutting that mid-August low. IGV, which tracks software, down 3.2%, holding above the mid-August low. It uh, had a kind of a strong bounce a couple of weeks ago, so maybe it can hang on to form a, a cup with handle here, but two weeks in a row of selling. Last week, down 3.3%. This week, down another 3.2%. What about industrials, XLI? also taking a hit and undercutting a key level, a 3% decline this week, the third decline in a row on a weekly basis, and now closing below the 40-week line. That's for the first time in quite a while here, Ed. Uh, Going back to late last year, uh, it was able to find support earlier in the year over the spring and summer, and now closing below that long-term moving average. We also have XLE, the energy sector, which has been leading in recent months, but it too taking a hit this week, down 3% as well after uh, in recent weeks coming close to some highs in a consolidation. And so with all that being said, I mean, we've looked at breadth, we've looked at some of these uh, leading ETFs and ETFs of interest. There's not a whole lot at the moment that's looking Great. So what is the message to investors? 
message is that you just got you can't fight that situation. You don't want to be fighting this environment. I mean, when you look at those, so many leading stocks really broke this week, and you can't expect uh, your stocks to hold up in that environment. You don't know when it's going to stop. Energy is a little bit of an outlier, but even that had a had a tough week. There just isn't much working. This is the time to be waiting, to be patient, not not to try to not to be aggressive. Right. And there is a silver lining, though, uh, and that is that corrections can eventually forge buying opportunities, right? Maybe this is uh, the beginning of basis forming, or maybe for some of the leading sectors, it's creating handles or add-on entry points, but keeping the watch list fresh, like you always uh, remind us that we can touch more on the, the battle plan for the week ahead, but, you know, while there might be some doom and gloom at present, doesn't mean that we should uh, shut off our screens. No, this could turn around in just a few days. You don't know. Maybe a few days, a few weeks, a few months. But the, the thing, yeah, you want to be ready for it. And uh, yeah, this is you still want to stay engaged, uh, you know, even if it's a lot of it's from the sidelines. Right. Because I think the other thing, too, is even when we had a strong couple of months over the summer, I think some investors were were either caught off guard or they had a hard time finding things to buy because it was sort of narrow leadership there. So if they feel like they were underinvested in that period when the market was good, they're waiting and they're chomping at the bit for that next opportunity. And we could be seeing uh, that develop here soon. So we'll have to see. Now let's move on and take a look at some stocks of interest, starting with Tesla. We're going to break down the technical action here, starting with the weekly chart, down almost 11%. Volume was a, about average. This week uh, breaks a four-week winning streak for Tesla, sends it back below the 10-week moving average and the 50-day line, with Friday's decline at more than 4%. Yeah, and while volume was down for the week, there were some pretty, that's because there was that one big day a couple weeks ago. There were actually a lot of high volume down days. Uh, at this point, I mean, we round tripped all of that big gain, pretty significant, you know, unless you bought right at the very bottom of that one day a couple weeks ago, uh, probably have to have sold off because you would have hit that seven to 8% sell rule, uh, but you might've wanted to get out anyway, because this is starting to, there's a lot of leading stocks that are like, okay, first they fall to the 50-day line, and then maybe they nudge down below it, and then it's like, okay, okay, that's not too bad, and then they start really selling off. Now, maybe, again, this is very dependent on the market. If the market rebounds, this might come up, but it really feels like it's like a balloon that's being stretched at the end to the point where it's almost going to break. I'm not going not saying that it is, but it's getting to the point where it would be needing more repair time, significant repair time, because uh, we saw a lot of leading stocks that sort of acted like this mm -hmm. and then continue to struggle. Obviously, that's because the market did. Uh, yeah, uh, so there was, there was some negative news, like of analysts are starting to cut delivery targets uh, for the third quarter quite a bit. So we'll see. Uh, but again, it's not so much that this is unusual. Unfortunately, this is what's very usual right now. A lot of stocks doing this has actually been one of the more resilient stocks the fact that it's only having this trouble now as opposed to Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday. Right. And at the time of that explosive move back above the 50-day line on 9-11, which was a 10% gain in some strong volume, uh, and it was added to leaderboard, the team right there said, this may not work. 
And we're keeping a close eye on that 50-day line and the gap up low as our exit signals. And if, if timing's off, timing is off. And you have to step aside no matter what your thesis is on a stock, Ed. Yeah, I mean, you just have to... I mean, you may like a particular stock and this one may rebound back right again, but, uh, you know, you just can't fight the market. You, you know, it was pretty obvious. You could see even just intraday and not any, almost any stock, you could see the stock rise and fall as the market ebbed and flowed as well. And with the market closing near lows, well, this closed near lows and you just can't, no matter what, no matter what your feelings are, the market doesn't care what your feelings are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, so we'll stay flexible and open-minded because there's a lot of warning signs now that seem like it, when you get weakness like this, you know, weakness often begets more weakness, but at a certain mm -hmm. point, are we oversold? There could be then one headline that really turns things around in, in a couple of days or weeks, as you said. So interpreting the day-to-day -day action is our uh, best defense against being too bullish or too bearish as well. Yeah, yeah. You just got to stay flexible and you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, I've learned from the best, <laughs> including you, Ed. Next on the list, let's take a look at Meta, Facebook operator here. It did eke out a gain today, but I guess more than an e is a 1.1% gain eking out a gain. I don't know. It was up more than 4%, uh, I want to say at one point, Ed, it was solidly higher, but it too got dragged down. It's been holding up better than a lot of stocks out there. So this seems like a potential watch list candidate here. Yeah, I agree. In fact, you could argue that this week's action was somewhat constructive because it sort of had a wedgy action as it followed the 50-day line up, and so, but in low volume often, especially on the upside. So to pull back a little bit, you know, shake, get a shakeout is sort of nice. It would have been nice to have gotten over the 50 day line, but hey, with the market fizzling like it did today, uh, this is that, that, you know, you can't uh, expect much. Uh, trading pretty tightly on, on a weekly basis for now several weeks. So, yeah, a strong move would be actionable. You know, do you want to take action in this kind of market? Um, there's also going to be a, uh, uh, they have, I think, MetaConnect. It's a conference that'll start on the 27th, a two day conference expected to have some AI and metaverse uh, announcements. And so that could be positive or negative, uh, especially if the market's in a bad mood, they may want really positive news, but that's something to, uh, to be uh, in the near future to watch for. Absolutely. And lastly, we want to check in on Vertex. So something in the medical sector here, a biotech name holding up, taking a look at the weekly chart. Off its highs, but still up on the week. Intra-week, it did try to clear an early entry within the base, but it's still working on a base structure here. Looks like it's about 5% below the left side high, around 367. Yeah, and you could probably use this week's high as an early entry now. Um, and, you, know, you know, so it'll almost could almost form like a quasi-handle in a few days. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it closed just below the 50-day line again. What are you going to do? This is the kind of market. This is one reason why you don't buy. You pay attention to it. You can look at the relative strength. You know, yeah, it may have dipped today, but really has made a big move, even though the stock hasn't moved a whole lot. Uh, but that's what you need to be looking for. Our stock's holding up at least reasonably well. And as a relative strength line, 
holding up or, or moving higher, uh, that's the kind of stuff you want to be looking at. Maybe this works, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's something that you have on a watch list and then, well, it falls apart. And then you say, okay, now I'm not going to watch that. But defensive growth, uh, medicals, you know, they they might, you know, there's definitely insurers, other areas are areas that, you know, investors probably want to be taking a look at that, you know, seem to be relatively resilient to, to uh, bad markets. But uh, yeah, a lot to like about this one. A lot of other biotechs are looking interesting but uh, it's, it's hard to fight the market. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for that, Ed. And now let's talk a little bit more about the battle plan for the week ahead. It seems like if we're in battle, it's time for uh, shields up. Shields up. That is absolutely right. I mean, look, not many stocks are holding up and those and, and, you know, and, and fewer and fewer. And those that do, they, they might break in the coming days if the market gets worse. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's you know you can say oh look at this you know like if we have a good day don't don't get excited about it and don't try to guess when a new rally that a new rally has taken hold uh, i think this that's morning's a, a great example in a great example i was watching ivy live and there's a lot of people in the audience who were like clearly we're chomping at the bit to be buying stocks. And it's like, well, one hour into a rally attempt is not enough. Uh, your job is really to, just simply to be ready for when there's when the correction really seems to turn, not not to try to guess when that correction will end. Uh, so, you know, again, you're going to be looking at stocks and maybe have a focus on some stocks that are close to being actionable. Just be looking for stocks that are showing relative strength. Some of them may have some damage and may need to have some repair time or haven't set up yet. But just you want to be preparing for that and seeing which ones uh, are just showing resilience, uh, you know, in, in a tough time. Right. And we can't predict the future. We can only interpret what we're seeing in real time. But the closest thing we do have to a crystal ball is analysis of historical data. And one thing that investors can be potentially optimistic about is the fact that we are currently in a seasonally weak period. That's the other thing, Ed. Maybe investors shouldn't be surprised. Of course, we can't predict the headlines, but we do know that September is a seasonally weak month. We've been saying that all month long. Uh, and I think maybe hopefully that has tempered a little bit of the, the temptation to be uh, aggressive preemptively, but especially now. But looking ahead to October, it is a stronger month, but we do have some specific data shared with us by Lifecycle Trade co-author Eric Kroll this morning on IBD Live. Definitely uh, check out the full show for that. But we did cut a clip that is in our, on our YouTube channel for those who want to see the research that he's done, but just the Cliff's notes here. And that is that October historically is the month that has the most follow through days of any month. So we've got to be on the lookout for that potential. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it could happen. And also that most follow through days happen within 15 to 20 trading days after a market correction call. So it could be three weeks, four weeks, four days. Uh, we don't know, but the but the point is to stay engaged. Not, don't get too down and out. Hopefully, investors have been uh, making incremental decisions over the last couple of weeks since that last follow through day call that we had in August, and and hopefully they haven't gotten too hurt. But even if you did, we've got to remain optimistic, right, Ed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to put that in the past. And one reason, one way to get out of that is just to get out of those positions. Don't hang on to those losers and just start afresh. 
because there are going to be always opportunities. And that's, I think that's what people sometimes I think I've got to make it now, or I've got to, I can't sell now. It's like, no, no, there will always be future opportunities. And yeah, October is often a really good month. Often October, October often starts off terribly. I mean, the one reason why we have so many follow through days is because there's often so much selling to start the month. So don't think that October first comes and it's a garden, you know, like a glorious garden, but uh, yeah. you know, but it's uh, yeah, just, there's always going to be future opportunities. Be looking for those, not uh, not dwelling on mistakes. Learn from your mistakes, but uh, just try to try to go into this uh, this next next uptrend that comes uh, with a fresh and open mind. Very well said there, Ed. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom to end on. And for more words of wisdom from our esteem, my esteemed group of colleagues, make sure you check out IUBD Live in the mornings, investors.com slash IUBD Live. We have 90 minutes plus of fun, 10, starting 10 minutes before the opening bell every trading day. And we want you to get in on the action. So join us uh, starting Monday morning investors.com slash IBD live for all the details on that. We will see you there and the IBD team will see you back here Monday afternoon. See you then. Have a great weekend.